MYF podcast. A fresh breeze within the superyachting industry. Ever wondered how to run your own business? Fascinated by the Swedish way of life? Interested in business development? Well, in this episode, we're introducing you to our co-host Ludvig Lindholm. Hailing from the progressive and forward-thinking country that is Sweden, Ludvig had spent one year in Spain, the United States, and Australia respectively by the age of 23. By the same age, Ludvig had founded two companies specializing in design, innovative strategy, and marketing. With a degree in business development with a focus on digitalization and sustainability from the renowned university that is Hyper Island, Ludwig believes in supporting brands to reach their true potential. Ludwig's life is an inspiring celebration of entrepreneurship, adventure, and the growth which comes from traveling the world. And just before we get started, we wanted to ask you to do us a favor as the new podcast that we are. If you like the content that we're bringing you, it would mean the world to us if you can leave a review and hit that subscribe button. But that's it from me for now. Here's my interview with Ludwig Lindholm. Ludwig, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I know that you're a co-host, but it's really exciting to get the opportunity to do a deep dive and to learn a little bit more about your life. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited for uh, for today's show. Of course. So Ludwig, I'd like to return to the past to get started. Can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and some of the core values that have stuck with you from that period? Right. Yeah, well, um, I'm from Sweden originally, um, born and raised up until I was about 17 years old um, when I moved to the uh, the U.S. Uh, by myself and lived in New York for a while. And uh, Growing up, I think I was a pretty pretty normal kid. Um, I'm not really sure what what stood out. Um, I mean, playing playing a lot of sports, you know, uh, doing doing the classic stuff. And in terms of core values, um, I'm not actually sure. I think I'm a very active person. I've I always had a very big curiosity for life. I'd say, and to create things and to to do things differently. I think that was one of the big kind of mantras that stuck with me for the rest of my life um, and that I've kind of built probably my career, you know, and my uh, my hobbies around too. So you grew up in Stockholm, Sweden. What is one of the days from your childhood that you can remember? Is it a snowy storm or is it a day when you were fed a delicious meal at school? I know in Sweden you're given food by your school because uh, they feed you at school and that's not normal for everyone. What, what's a typical day in a childhood, uh, a Swedish childhood? Well, I think obviously the biggest thing I remember would probably be some of the winters we've had um, since they've been the most different or the most extreme compared to the other places that I've lived throughout my life. And uh, yeah, there's one day in particular when I was in, I think it was in high school um, and it was the one of the craziest snowstorms of my life. And I just remember 
and we were able to get to school that morning, barely able to get to school. And there's no such thing as a snow day um, in Sweden. I know, for example, when I live in the U.S., you know, if you have the first centimeter of snow on the ground, they call it, they call, call up school, call it a snow day, etc. And it was, I was like, what, what is this? Um, but in Sweden, we do, we don't really have anything like that. There's, we have a saying, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Um, so I think that really kind of, you know, personalize also the, the Swedish characters. So um, there's one day in particular where I remember I was able to get to school, but then it was just such a crazy storm that, you know, half the class weren't able to, even if they're trying. Um, and uh, yeah, we got, were able to get out of school a bit earlier that day um, after just a couple of hours, because a lot of the teachers weren't even able to get to the school. So there's no point of us being there. Um, and then I remember I was walking, walking uh, out of school and you couldn't really, you could see maybe 50 meters ahead of you. The rest was just white um, and all the buses were canceled, the trains were canceled. And then it was quite like, the reason why I remember it so clear, because I remember I, we saw this taxi going by us, my group of friends. And uh, we were just saying, oh, maybe we have to have, take a taxi home. And then Lily, 30 meters after it passed us, it just derailed off the road. And uh, we were just, all of us was like, not, not happening. Um, so we actually had to end, end up, um, we ended up having to help him push his car back onto the road um and yeah so that was quite a quite an iconic moment uh once you remember for me for sure wow when i'm hearing you speak about sweden it definitely sounds like it's a place of extremes and i know that sweden is renowned for being a high achiever when it comes to its efficiency its statistics in relation to gender equality and environmental sustainability are always at the top of the charts and as you recount your childhood it's clear that there are definitely intense harsh conditions that you have to get used to now we're going to move away from Sweden and I want to ask you a little bit about the travel that you've done in your life. By the time you were 23, Ludwig, you had visited Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam. You'd also spent one year in the United States as well as another in Australia and another in Spain. How do you think these travel experiences have impacted on your presence? Yeah, I mean, I've been living in a lot of different countries, um, and I think that's actually what really what's really shaped me. Um, I, I've obviously traveled a lot too, you know, basically all of Europe, a lot of a lot of Asia as well. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest biggest impact came from the from where I where I've been living, um, like New York, Barcelona, Sydney. Um, and I really think you do you do grow up a lot quicker. I mean, for me, it started when I was 17, and I moved to the U.S. by myself, and it, it was quite a it was quite a big like eye opener, obviously. But um, I remember like what sparked that was my kind of curiosity for for the world, and I was a bit bored of the how things were being done in Sweden, basically, or just yeah, just wanted to 
expand social interactions and expand my worldview in that way. And I don't know if living in the U.S. necessarily brought me so many concrete examples of what the world is like, but it was more like teaching about who I am and what I want from my life and what excites me and uh, what direction do I want to move forward in. I, and I think that's such an important part about living abroad because I really do think you do a lot of growing up um, in those years and you do a different kind of growing up to what you could do if you just stay, um, stay where you've been born and raised. Uh, so um, that was definitely a, a huge learning experience. And then, you know, moving to Barcelona when I was around 20 years old, that was kind of the the next step on top of that you know you're you're a young adult and you're out meeting people from new countries and you're meeting new cultures and you're trying out different types of work and it's more survival um at that point you know when you're out of school and you have to uh, you have to provide for yourself you know you have to feed yourself you have to get a housing for yourself and all these things you know i think it it's it's the next level of growing up if, if I compare it to New York and there's a lot of lessons. Um, there's I'd probably say there are deeper lessons from my time in Barcelona. Obviously, I think there's maybe it's easier to kind of take um, take steps in not the wrong direction, but maybe not the direction that you want to go in. And after spending time there, you do realize that like it's it's very easy to get caught up um, in maybe other walks of life um, and other professions and you know there's a there's a lot of sort of comfort zones that you can attach yourself to and I think that for me was maybe one of the biggest um, biggest things I brought with me from Barcelona is that being outside your comfort zone um, will really if, if you can get comfortable with that you have a lot to gain in this life and uh, I think that was eventually, you know, what brought me to Australia as well to see, okay, how can I challenge myself a bit more or how can I, um, how can I keep growing what I do? I mean, I kind of saw it and I think maybe this idea came from, from, from living in New York. Uh, but the idea I had going into my twenties was that I'm just going to use my twenties kind of to fuck up in life. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that by going out and getting fucked up every night. I mean that I'm going to dare to take the wrong steps. I'm going to dare to do maybe a challenging job or maybe do an easy job for a while or maybe live with some certain people or maybe not live with some certain people. You know, it's just to give yourself the chance to try things out. I was never really that scared growing up um, to um, to try things out um, in like a business perspective. So that I think was a very healthy way um, of uh, of kind of exploring the world. And as I said, it brought me eventually. It brought me to Australia, um, where you know I found a different part of the world and maybe a little bit. Obviously, it's a bit more settled. Um, compared to Barcelona and there's more of a more of a routine um, 
early early uh, early wake up calls and early going to bed kind of thing, and then you have the opposite in Barcelona. But um, I think that you know if you look at these all all these experience combined, I think it's just definitely taught me to keep my eyes open, and you know, and to really soak in every perspective that the world offers me because everything has something to offer everything has something to teach me and uh, i mean today that's what i'm trying to bring into to my way of being to my social interactions to my way of doing business and to my way of creating um so yeah i mean i think that's all this experience definitely definitely have shaped who i am today and I look forward to you know keeping my eyes open and being uh, being excited to what's ahead. MYF podcast, a fresh breeze within the super yachting industry. So it's clear that those experiences have shaped your life in a very fundamental and important way. And you mentioned just now that they have had an impact on your business life as well. Can you tell me a little bit about your role in the current day? We're now moving into the present. What's your job and what does an everyday in the office, if you have an office, look like? Yeah, obviously right now I'm back in Barcelona. Um, I'm based um, just by the beach there. Uh, we have a beautiful office and I work um, within the digital world of yachting and I work for with uh, on the marketing side of things and also the content creation side, um, which is is a phenomenal experience. You know, it's, it's an industry that I hadn't had the chance to work with before. So it's really eye-opening and uh, very inspiring to the potential that this industry holds and obviously it's it's a very um it's an industry that's had a lot of saturation over the last couple of years it has a lot of influence um and it's for me as coming from the uh, outside and into it it's it's amazing to see all the um, all the possibilities and I think now there's really this kind of wave of resurgence within the within the industry, you know, kind of a shift that people are looking, you know, kind of opening their eyes to what what the possibilities are within this world. And I'm really excited and optimistic uh, in being a part of this. What you're speaking about, Ludwig, definitely also reflects some of the trends that we can see in the world that are occurring right now. I think one thing that's super interesting about the superyacht industry and what you were just speaking about is that it's traditionally been a place where people could think that you need to be a millionaire or a billionaire to engage with and to enjoy the industry. But of course, the reality is quite different from that. There is a lot of growth that's happening and there is a lot of potential and possibility, as you said, and that's a super exciting reality. And it's also something that you can see in the wider world. There are so many changes from the Me Too movement to the way in which we now look at the environment. So you could also say that across the board, we're seeing 
lots of growth and progress and it's a very exciting time to be a part of the business world just in its entirety. It's the most accessible resource we have on the planet, you know, so even just admiring them by walking by, you know, your local port or marina, it's, you can, you can experience their beauty and also if if you do decide to dive into it there's so many accessible ways you know both to work and both to get on board and i really think you know that there is this want and there is this kind of need from you know also from owners and from you know yacht companies and charter companies to really uh provide a different kind of accessibility than what we've had before and to really interact and engage uh, the younger generation, because there is a lot of interest in it. It's just the message around it haven't been as accessible. Um, and so I really do believe that we do have a, a chance to make a difference. Mm. It's an uplifting message, Ludwig. And I want to now zoom in a little bit on the role you play as a business developer. You help businesses to extend their current goals and set new goals and you implement strategic frameworks which allow them to do so. Can you tell me a tiny bit about business development and the way in which you implement it into your career? Yeah, obviously for me, business development and kind of this frame of mind has always enticed me and both on a personal and career level and professional level. Um, And I think I come from a background, I've studied business development and with a focus on digitalization and sustainability, which I think are two things that um, the yachting industry could really benefit from and really need, you know, in order to kind of future-proof themselves in that way. And uh, it's fascinating because I think if you look at some of the structures and frameworks that we use within business development, um, I think it's so much potential um, for the yachting industry to benefit from them and to to learn from these frameworks, and you know, using these structures to start engage, you know, with a different type of audience, start you know, seeing a different maybe business model and revenue streams coming into the industry. And I do think that you know the big players, but even the small players, everybody has a different. Um, advantage and I really believe that everybody within the industry has a very important role to play and it's just boils down to um, being effective and being efficient with how we use these structures and our overall approach um, and kind of the cohesiveness that this industry can bring because you know maybe before we've seen as you said that might might have been an uh, more of a exclusive image around this, but I do think that this is an industry that really um, provides so many people with so many opportunities, and it comes back to you know, I believe using the right frameworks um, for the different businesses um, in order to really reap the biggest benefits that they can. Um, so. I'm I'm really interested in how we can affect the industry and how we can inspire the industry to really use these methods and these structures um, to 
become the best version of themselves. To someone, Ludwig, who might consider the industry to be exclusively for millionaires or for wealthy elites and say that the industry is somewhat inaccessible, what would you say to them? Well, I mean, I understand where they're coming from because I think before, you know, that luxury and privacy has always been a key um, a key component in this industry. But I do think that, like, this shardering for example is becoming way more accessible and you know we have a lot of connections that are working with shardering around around the globe and it really it really isn't of course it's it's a luxury experience but it doesn't have to be as inaccessible as we've thought you know and i think that looking towards the future you will see more more of you say like the average everyday people um being important players within this industry because i think money of course is probably the biggest um component within the industry but i think that like the frameworks and the brain and you know how we use these resources will become more and more important and i think the gap between the rich and let's say someone with like the average income people i don't know what you would call them but i think the gap between them will decrease not just on a financial level but also on a social level i think that we will see you know more let's say down-to-earth millionaires or down-to-earth billionaires as the years go by uh, because before it was more that wealth gives you wealth now is now you see you know a trend in business a lot that it's more about the brains and it's more about you know social um inclusion and being both having iq but also eq you know and utilizing these um to create to create wealth and create money and it's not just so much about the money anymore you know like you see a lot of the billionaires millionaires they're just everyday people who had a really good idea had a really good timing of what they're doing and you know they they ended up being really fortunate and they're wealthiest shit now if you if you want to put it like that and i do believe that this this gap will uh both you know financially and in other uh ways as well will decrease and it will become more accessible and um yeah more more appetizing so to speak and what you're speaking to ludwig is backed up by statistics what we're seeing now is that consumers want socially driven brands with a purpose they are looking at packages in supermarkets and if it comes down to them comparing a tea that is organic and environmentally friendly versus one that isn't the statistics are showing that they're willing to pay that tiny higher price point so that definitely is true and when it comes to the gap between wealth and what was once traditionally such a large gap statistics also point to that gap closing so there is definitely reason for hope and excitement we mentioned and spoke a little bit previously about coming from sweden and your childhood do you see your swedish well-view influencing the way that you do business today because coming from one of the most world-renowned countries which is rewarded for its standard setting in social efficiency and business development and economic 
prosperity. It could be a very interesting thing for someone to learn about who isn't from Sweden, the ways in which it influences your approach to business today. Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, Sweden have been very um, advanced when it's come to these, you know, the the, the different boxes, uh, so to speak. And uh, of course, I think it's really important that you have, you know, the sustainability, the social inclusion and the gender equality and that you bring all these into the business. But for me, it's also a lot about, you know, finding ways that they fit into into the into the industry and into the businesses that you're working with specifically because obviously you can say that oh we should have more of this but then you have to look at its application um rather than just its theoretical side and think that you know how does this work you know if you're coming to a company in italy you can't just say this is how we're going to do it blah 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 because they're they're obviously uh, working with an italian mindset a lot of employees there and i think that you got to be smart about it and blend it in um, in a way that provides an understanding of the importance. And I think this also comes down to education and not just action, because you know, I think the start of it, you know, will be to educate and it's it's concepts and you know theories that anybody will be able to grasp and that anybody will be able to implement if they're educated about it and if they're taught you know the the effects of it and how how it affects their future and how it affects the company's future and uh, get that understanding um will be a very big key in uh, in making a change in the future for all the companies you know and now we're talking about the yachting industry but this is really a universal thing so I think I think we got to go about this, you know, in a in an effective way. Obviously, you know, it's like, for example, with environmental causes, you know, it's rather urgent. But we got to make we got to make sure that it's a long lasting change, that it isn't just a quick spree that we're going on, and then boom, when we take the boxes, we move on to focusing solely on profits again. No, I think we have to really build it into the core of the teams um, that the yachting industry is working with then you know that that has to start from the top um and from the uh, from owners and also from you know founders of companies and ceos and managing directors i think that we are the ones or not we i'm not one of them but they are the ones who have to get on board with this and really get an understanding um to its effect and uh, i think only then you know we can see Effect, effective uh, systematical change um, within the industry and um, have a positive outcome for, for the future. So you're saying that whilst you are from Sweden, you can definitely learn some of the skill sets and attitudes that have helped your country to do as well as it has done. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm living in Barcelona right now, so I've seen, you know, the the differences in mindsets and the differences in, you know, in the in the application of things. And I think, of course, I'm coming from Sweden. I have all these ideas, maybe like how you can make certain systems more effective. 
but it doesn't mean that you can just go there and say it's going to be like this and this is going to be better and this can be better because a lot of the time they don't have the motivation to do that you know they just some some people may see that oh but why should i do it you know it doesn't affect me like i just get i just get paid for this and then i go home and that's it you know and uh, i understand i think there's positives and negatives from both sides you know i obviously think that maybe in the southern parts of europe where i've been living for a long time um, they're better at enjoying life and maybe, you know, up in the north, we're better at maybe creating uh, um, changes and creating these, you know, innovative uh, approaches and making a difference on a global scale. But are we as happy? You know, that's that's another part of it, you know, because if you just tell the employees to, oh, we're going to do this now, but then they don't understand or they're not happy and they just feel excluded, blah, blah, blah. Um, they don't see see the point in this, then it won't last. Um, mm. So I think you've got to be smart about how you go about it. I think we can definitely learn from each other um, and then also see, bring out, you know, what are the, some of the most effective ways to go about this? Because I really do believe that, of course, you know, uh, if we take the Nordic countries, for, for example, we have so many um, good ideas and good examples but also we have to make sure that, you know, on an individual level as well, that we feel motivated enough to uh, to implement these changes and keep it up because depression can also be quite high um, up in these countries and social exclusion is very high up in these countries. And um, maybe things like suicide is a bigger factor here than in the southern parts of the world. So I think you've got to get a blend if you want to make a long lasting change. Mm. And Ludwig, you are the owner of your own company, Pure Spot Media, the co-founder. Can you, for our listeners and anyone also looking to start their own business, tell us a little bit about what you would provide as advice for anyone looking to start their own company? First of all, just do something. Like, Lily, it doesn't have, you don't have to change the world. You just have to start doing something. Um, I think preferably be something that you have some experience with, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like I think you can definitely go out there. There's so many online platforms today that teaches you practical skills, both uh, digital and offline um, that people need. There's people that need, we need everything in the world today. You know, let's say you want to learn about Google ads for, um, you know, Thailand company, you know, of course, just, there's definitely somebody that needs needs that, you know, in maybe the city that you live in, the country that you live with the language that you have um, and that, or that you know. Um, so I think it's, first of all, it's about doing something. Because um, if you're doing something, then you'll be able to see, to measure your results and to use the data to see if you're doing well or, you know, if you want to do better, you know, what are some of the ways that you can, you can improve your services or improve what you're doing? And uh, that comes from experiment, you know, and or if you have something good going on, okay, what's good about it? You know, what, where are your clients coming from? Where, where are you seeing uh, um, positive profits? And uh, just focus on that, you know. I think a lot of time maybe when we start our own businesses, we're, and I've done this a lot, you know, thinking that, oh, this needs to be changing the world. But not really, you know, like a lot of time, you know, we can have a, a full-time income or even more than that just from doing something simple, you know, maybe maybe we want to work less, 
um, and make more money. Or maybe we do want to change the world and then you have to start on the other end. But I think don't overthink it and get started. And also ask for help, both from the customers that you're having or the potential customers that you're reaching out to. You know, what is it that you want? And because so many people want so many different things and so many companies need so many different things. So you just have to see where there's a little bit of a gap and do it better. I think, I mean, obviously I, I could have a five hour conversation about this, you know, more in depth, but if we're going to brush over it, I think it's more about, you know, providing value. That's all you got to be doing. And then you got to price it um, accordingly. And most of the time we can, you can just ask the person that is buying your value how much do, how much uh, do you want to pay for this or what's your budget for this and uh, go from there and considering your present day ludwig are you glad that you chose the entrepreneurial path that you have every day it's very it's so extre- extremely rewarding uh, but also that's from my point of view i don't think i ever fully fit in into a big organization or a large company. I think I ask too many questions. I'm a bit too curious and I'm a bit, I'm a bit too focused <clears throat> on uh, doing things differently and make, maybe making systems better. Um, so sometimes, you know, if you have an employer and you're constantly asking questions, why are we doing it like this? Why are we not doing like, like this? And if they don't have a good answer, you know, they might get tired of you at one point. Um, so for me, it's been a very rewarding and a very giving um, journey, but it's been a very long one. I've done most of my working years, you know, earning way less than all of my friends. And a lot of times I've considered just like, fuck, is it just easier to get a job and just like make money the cla- the traditional way. Um, but now when I've gotten to the point where I am today, I am very happy and very grateful that I've stuck to it and that I've kept exploring my opportunities and that I've kept, kept up the curiosity. When it comes to the future, I would now like to look ahead for a little bit. What is bringing you hope? People. Seeing, seeing people um, do their best and uh, trying to be better, um, that's what I believe in. I believe in people. I believe people will change the world. I don't believe there's one idea or there's one company or there's uh, one country that will change the world. I believe people working together um, is going to be the key to everything. Mm. And what areas do you believe are the most important for us to focus on when it comes to creating a future that we all want to be a part of? I mean, this question has a lot of different angles, I'd say. I mean, if, you, if you're talking on a global scale, I definitely think, and it won't come as a surprise, but I definitely think the environmental questions are very important at the moment. And especially, you know, it's education. Um, I think it's very important for us to know the, the consequences of the actions that we're, ha- that we're taking. Um, and also, you know, what what we can do about it um i think that's very important and i think that actually 
personally, if there's one change I would make right now is to maybe look, you know, at how the some of the school systems around the world are, you know, teaching kids, you know, about uh, social social inclusion and environmental causes and about you know technology and maybe how social media are having an effect of us about our mind, you know, and about yeah, how to how to create a, a healthy lifestyle and how to have a, how create a healthy impact. Ludwig, we could talk all day long, but it is now time, as you're quite aware of, as you're the co-host of this podcast, for us to jump into our fast five rapid questions. Are you ready? Yep, hit me. (laughs) What is the best tool that you use in your business? My computer. (laughs) I don't know if that's a boring question or if you're looking for more than that, but yeah, just using technology to your advantage and uh, finding systems that lets you work undistracted. Um, that's something that I'm still working with a lot, and I don't I don't have the the perfect answer for it, but I'm uh, doing my best to um, to find the focus and to uh, keep flow up every day when I sit down and work. I think a lot of people would agree that the laptop is irreplaceable. What's the best thing that you're reading, watching, or listening to right now? Um, right now, I'm reading How to Change Your Mind, um, which is a phenomenal book, um, actually about um, the effects of psychedelics um, and how it can work to treat um, addictions, um, etc so that's a really uh, really cool really cool book right now actually sounds very fascinating by michael pollen i might add by michael pollen yes great we can also pop that in the show notes for anyone that's interested happiest moment that you can remember in my life first thing that comes to mind probably um the first time i felt um love or felt love for my girlfriend (laughs) that's beautiful the thing that brings you the most excitement right now doing my uh, doing my work and uh, being able to change the world from uh, from what i'm doing (laughs) It's a great that notion, I guess. Yeah, that's a great place to be. And I think a lot of people would like to be there with you. And finally... Well, on, the, on, on that note, everybody is in that place already. Um, it doesn't just have to be from work, but everybody has the possibility to change the world. Hmm. And quote to live by. Um, oof. That's a big one. Um, uh, I don't know if I have one, but I'm just going to say be curious. Definitely. There's no right or wrong answers to this. <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> well, Ludwig, that concludes our chat. Thank you so much for giving us your time. It's been really nice to dive a bit deeper and for our listeners to get to know our co-host, 
And next week, we'll also be bringing you the follow-up. Yes, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Ludwig, for being on the podcast in this way. And I hope you have a fabulous Friday. Thank you for having me. <laughs>